Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This is the Court Today replay on C103. Now, most people are waking up this morning to the really sad news that on post officials travelled down to Little Island last night to inform the employees of the Cork Mail Centre that the sorting office is to close on a phase basis. It'll be closing some from September of this year through to March of next year. On poster saying they're doing it for economic reasons. They reckon they'll make savings of 11 million euro by closing the Cork Mail uh, Centre. But it's the 240 people whose jobs are gone are the ones that we are so, so thinking of this morning. Now, I'm poster saying, you know, as they all, whenever there's announcements like this, we look after our staff. There'll be, they, they, it does look like this generous exit packets of up to six weeks pay per year of service. That's up to a maximum of two years pay. Now, there's also, and this will come as good news for some of the younger staff who might not want to retire and have their working life behind them. There will be redeployment opportunities with Ampost Networks in the Cork area. They're also going to offer further education and reskilling grants and help to secure jobs. They're going to do a jobs fair and all of that. Now, there had been uh, a lot of speculation around the future of the centre. We knew that one of the four centres nationwide was going to close because it had been announced uh, at some during wasn't it during a Labour Court relations or the Labour Court were involved uh, at one stage and the Labour Court had it had been considered by the Labour Court in, in recommendations in September of 2017 yeah here's the piece I was looking at uh, to that one of the four centres would close and of course nobody knew who, who it was going to be. Was it going to be Cork? Was it going to be Port Leash? Was it going to be Athlone? Was it going to be Dublin? We now know that Port Leash, Athlone and Dublin unaffected. They have decided the powers that be to close the Cork one instead. The post say that the Cork plant was operating at below 25% capacity as mail volumes have declined at around 7% per annum due to customers moving from the old world of letters to the to the new world of e-commerce and uh, parcels. But the parcel volume has grown by 60%. So, I mean, OK, mail, your traditional letters are down by 70%, but parcels are up by 60%. So surely the Cork Mail Centre, do they not do the parcels as well? Some of it just doesn't add up to me. And if it is below 25% capacity, what's the capacity of Port Leash and Athlone? I mean, I'm assuming by moving everything to Cork, that's up in the capacity then for Port Leash and Athlone. Could one of those not have closed? And could we not have upped the capacity for Cork instead? And of course, 
while we are very much thinking of the 240 people who this morning are waking up to the news, you know, went to bed last night and did, did, would say didn't have the best night's sleep, that's for sure, but are now today uh, without uh, a job. So our thoughts very much with those workers. But also, as I mentioned earlier when I was chatting with Simon, what does it mean for all of us that use on post to send a letter and to send a card? And, you know, there's still... There's still items that you still receive in the post. And for while, yes, I accept a lot of people have moved to emails and doing things electronically, there are other, there are still other people who don't want to do things electronically and who still want, as affectionately it was called, snail mail, still want the post to the letter, the postman to drop the letter through the uh, letter box. And we've prided ourselves, and I think on post have prided themselves in next day delivery. And I'm always bigging up the next day delivery. I think on post have always offered a fantastic service. And I know whenever I post anything to anywhere up the country, great fan for sending the sending the birthday cards. There's nothing like getting a birthday card in the post. And I've never, I don't think I've ever been left down. It always arrives next day and I'll post it the day before, making sure it's in the post by five o'clock to make sure that whoever the loved one, my friend, whoever I'm sending the birthday card to, it's going to arrive on the day. And it does. And now I'm starting to think what will happen if we don't have the Cork Mail Centre. All of our posts now will have to go to Port Leash or to Athlone. And does that mean we're not going to have next day delivery uh, in Cork? Anne is picking up on that point saying, Patricia, on the closure of the Cork Mail Centre, I hope we will still get our letters here in West Cork within one or two days. I think it should be okay with the two days, but I don't know about a one day next day delivery. Hospital appointments still come by post, says Anne. You're you're dead right with that. And those letters are most important to uh, people they are. But I suppose hospital appointments are very rarely sent out that you'd get it. The hospital appointment is for the next day. It usually comes with enough notice on it. But you are right. Um, if you're getting an appointment for the hospital, they still come by post. 1850 Your thoughts on the Cork Mail Centre and its closure for Little Island. Why do you feel the Cork Mail Centre has been selected above one of the other three centres? I suppose everyone assumed the Dublin one wasn't going to go because of the population of Dublin and the surrounding areas and the volume of post. But why has Cork closed over Athlone? Why has Cork closed over Port Leash? Your thoughts welcomed throughout the morning. You can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Also coming up on the programme this morning, we're going to be speaking about something the Health Minister announced yesterday. And this is a five-year pilot programme to finally allow access to medicinal cannabis in this country. This has been a fight that has been going on for quite some time. We're going to be speaking with Yvonne Cahalan from Dunmanway in West Cork. And of course, it was Yvonne's young son, Tristan, who was the first to receive a licence that allowed him. He really opened up the gates and the doors to allow others to benefit from medicinal cannabis. And there's been a campaign going on since to allow families to access. Now, it's a, it is limited still, the programme that was announced, but it's just a step in the right direction. But there now will be limited access to medicinal cannabis. Uh, but we're also going to talk what it means for the families who now ha- already have licences and, you know, how is it going to help other people uh, going uh, forward. We hear from a North Cork dad who last weekend popped into a toilet in a garage in, in a North Cork town, uh, which if you're travelling 
we've all done that we've all stopped in a, a service station and somebody needs to go to the toilet inevitably it'll be one of the children in the car will need to go to the toilet but he was quite shocked with what he found inside in this public toilet this public toilet in a garage in Formoy it was drug paraphernalia now that's a real real worry um, and if that kind of behaviour keeps up sadly what will happen is a number of garages will just decide to say we can't take the risk of leaving our toilets open to members of the public if they don't know who's going to be going in and out. Was it somebody passing through? I mean I don't I don't think we've ever dealt with or heard of a heroin problem in in Formoy but who knows who knows when you find something like this so we're going to be talking about that uh, we also are going to hear concerns that have been raised about staffing at the mental health unit at Bantry Hospital now we got some emails in from workers at the mental health unit at Bantry Hospital who were concerned about staffing there it was raised yesterday in the doll so we're going to dig a little bit more and try to probe a little more to find out what's going on there. A member of Angarda Shia will join us for this week's uh, Prime File and then Jane Pickett will join us in the final hour of the programme answering all of your pet questions. We will be reminding you particularly with this yellow weather warning in place from one until seven today to make sure that your pets have shelter and have adequate water and be careful but I wouldn't be walking dogs certainly during the course of the afternoon but if you have a question for Jane get it in throughout the morning 1850 While we have the very sad and uh, news of the Cork Mail Centre closing on Little Island there is a good news story coming out of Cork this morning and that's to do with the airport. Okay, it's been named the best airport in Europe. It was The award was presented for airports which serve under 5 million passengers at the Airport Council International Awards in Cyprus and it has added eight new routes this year on top of a growing passenger number and I was just chatting with somebody um, today about Dublin Airport versus Cork Airport and the person was saying they absolutely hate going to Dublin Airport. I have nothing against Dublin but yeah, it's just such a pain to have to go to Dublin Airport physically just getting there and all of that and then it's when you get back in knowing you've that journey home but then when you get to the airport it's just such a busy, busy airport whereas we have the wonderful relaxed atmosphere at Cork Airport. I wish at times that Cork Airport was busier because I always fear for its future because it's so nice and relaxed and it's great for us as passengers. You can just, you know, arrive and get through security and go have something to eat, have a drink, go to your gate, get on your plane, it's great. And such fantastic, warm, friendly staff at the airport in Cork. They they really are a, a credit uh, to the airport. So it's always, it's just a joy. It just, it starts and ends a journey, I think, really well going through the airport. So it doesn't come as any surprise to hear they've been named as the best airport in Europe. But it's, it's great to hear that eight new routes have been added this year. And I certainly would like to see more added just to secure the future of it. So well done to all the guys and gals at the airport in uh, Cork. It is a well, well deserved uh, award. Okay, some of your calls coming in. Can we help? Where is this? Oh, before I get to that, there's a burst pipe on what's going to be the hottest day of the year so far. There's repairs to a burst water main. It's affecting water supply in Milford Village and the surrounding areas and it's going to affect people in those areas until five o'clock today. But think of the workers that are out working. They will be out in the very hot weather uh, working to fix that pipe uh, today. Elaine has been on to us looking for help. 
could you please ask your listeners does anybody have or know where Elaine can purchase an orange canary for two small children one child is led to believe that the canary has flown away maybe gone off on his holidays and he'll be back soon and the other child thinks that the canary has gone to hospital it's not feeling too well now you can just imagine what's happened to the little orange canary with two young children haven't, don't know about it and wouldn't understand that. So Elaine is trying to replace the orange canary. It's, does anybody does anybody have one that would be willing to rehome? Or does anybody know where Elaine can buy an orange canary? If you've been in a pet shop lately and you've spotted an orange canary or you're listening to us in a pet shop and you have an orange canary, can you contact us please? 1850-333-103. And just on the heat wave, by the way, and this w- weather warning for later on today, a lot of people across Cork not getting it at the moment. John in Glengariff said it's extremely windy in Glengariff this morning. We've no sun. It's very cloudy. But he says the wind is unreal. He said I was in Skull beforehand and it's the same there. And also he says drive along at Glengariff. Extremely windy. And Alan in Goleen says yeah, extremely windy. Almost blown up a storm this morning in Goleen all along the mizzen. Not sure about the heat wave and there isn't too much heat in the wind uh, either. And then Noreen in the stole says, if the heat wave does arrive, just be careful not to leave babies, young children in cars with the windows closed and also to cover their little heads from the sun. At the moment, she said in the stole, though it looks like it's about to lash rain. <laughs> yeah. It's a kind of an unusual heat wave. We, we like the kind of heat waves where we've clear blue skies, but we're certainly not getting that uh, at the moment. Pilot program which will allow access to cannabis-based products for medicinal use has been launched by the Minister for Health, Simon Harris. To discuss the significance of the program, I'm joined by Yvonne Cahalan, whose son Tristan was the first to receive a licence for medicinal cannabis in Ireland, and that was back in 2016. Good morning to you, Yvonne. Morning. Uh, you're welcome to the programme. Now, work to establish this programme was initiated two years ago. Why has it taken so long? I suppose trying to trying to source products. Obviously, there's there's legislation changes that needed to happen as well. Um, um, yeah, that the product has been a little bit difficult. I, I'm I'm aware that Simon Harris had, had put a lot of effort into and even travelled to different countries to try and source a product. So that was something that slowed things down. Um, ideally, this this should have been done a lot sooner. But I'm I'm very glad of how it's been done and what's that what's put in place. Now, who will be entitled to access the cannabis-based products? There's three conditions. There's the intractable epilepsies. There's EMS, and there's uh, people that are undergoing treatment for cancers for chemotherapy and side effects from that. Um, I think that the licensing process will still it, it will be something that people can still um, apply for outside of that. Okay. Um, as in, let's say, pain uh, management things like that. There will still be the the option for the licensing separately to that if their if their doctor is applying for that and proving that they, it's something that they feel is essential or beneficial for their patient. That that is still an, an outsider option. What does the legislation mean to? to your family and families like you already have a license. I mean, what changes for you? Well, it's for for everybody, this is something that will be covered. Um, so, it, like, it's huge. It means that people that will be getting their prescription, um, 
through the access program will have it covered on their LCI book on their medical card. It's it's huge. It's man. Sorry, I've got a sore throat now. I know. I know. I can hear it. You're doing really well. You're doing really well. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's it's absolutely like this takes out um, the, the the costs that people have been really trying to manage their their money to get their medicine. Even ourselves trying to make sure the funds are there for the next trip getting the medicine um, so th- that part of things is, is huge that that's, um, that's going to be all covered. Yeah I think some people will be unaware of even though you had the licence and there was a lot of publicity around the fact that you'd got this licence and it was great and everyone said oh isn't this fantastic for the family they have exactly what they're looking for but not everyone would have been aware you or your husband John had to go on a plane to go to Amsterdam so many times a year and go and buy the medicine? Uh, yeah. So every, every three months I, it, it was a, a case of um, you know up at maybe four o'clock in the morning and catch the flight and so you're driving to the airport a, a flight to the Netherlands a train a tram and you go to the chemist and the chemist looks nothing different to any chemist that we have in Ireland and you get your prescription and you get on another tram and a train and you wait for the plane and you get home and you drive back to, to home. And, you know, it's 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 one day we've always done it or I've always done it in one day. Um, and it's a long, it's a tough route. It's, yeah. you know, you're you're up for a long time. And but um, and you're, you, know, you have to pay for your flight, the train, the tram and pay yes, for absolutely. for the, the medicine. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. So what was signed off yesterday now will now mean what? You can go to your local pharmacy. Um, come autumn, I believe um, there will be, that. That's where it's ex, where the access program is operational now. Come autumn, that's when they they expect um, chemists to be stopped. Stocked, and absolutely, just like any other medication, you can walk into your chemist. The the pharmacist that will be stockiest um, if if it's your medicine will be there for you. You walk in and you collect your prescription and you go home with it. Yeah. Goodness, this is massive. Fantastic. It's amazing. I I mean, I I expect in in everything, especially with politics, there's going to be criticism. But I mean, people have to see the big picture here. We do. This is rescheduled. We have opportunity now for clinical trials. It's it's huge. And in a five-year pilot program to see the benefits and, and to have that opportunity that trials can be done and that is really where where this can be extended like uh, even along the campaign I met so many people that looked for it for rheumatoid arthritis for for, for various conditions for cancers and I, I know there's so much evidence that needs to be gathered for that this is really push the doors wide open to allow for all of that to happen and we have incredible researchers in Ireland that can do that we can do that here in our own country Are some Consultants still slow to prescribe, Yvonne. Yes. Yeah. I I spoke in the Royal College of Surgeons um, in Dublin a couple of months ago, and we presented a lot of the exact same information. Some of the researchers, some uh, some consultants, um, and we presented the exact same information. So we know the research is there, but we had a very open discussion and Q and A afterwards where we all felt, look, there. We're a little bit, as in doctors, we're a little bit cautious to do this. We don't have any clinical trials to back it up. And the patients are going, we know that there is this evidence here. And, and you know, we just need to, we need, we can see this is working. You, you need to take 
a chance with this and that's not good enough for doctors and I appreciate that but there needs to be there needs to be an effort and this the access program is that effort to get the doctors to move a little bit further and to move with this program and to really see where it can be so beneficial. I mean, it'll have a domino effect. You'll see less people going to doctors. You'll see less people going into hospitals, less people overcrowded. It's it's really because we we don't go to the hospital anymore. Mm. And for 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 our family, where Tristan was in the hospital and we had an ambulance once a week at our house, it was it's huge. He's gone to hospital once um, and that was after an allergic reaction to an antibiotic and that's wow. once and consider that that he was he was needing transportation by an ambulance and staying in hospital once a week we were doing that and, and that's, all, that that's all gone yeah absolutely yeah and what was announced this week just to explain that to people it you someone can't just go into their GP and get a prescription. It's it's consultants. It's only a consultant can give the prescription. Isn't that the case? Or trained, or somebody that. So let's say some of the doctors that are doing it already. Um, it, it does need to be a, a conversation with your team still. Okay. So if it's if it's um, it absolutely your consultant, be that oncology or neurology, whatever the case is, um, and it, it needs to be your team. So everybody needs to be in unison with it. Um, to have a, a proper care plan in place, um, but yes, definitely the consultants—they um, they were really hoping to to, um, to be the prescribing doctors on this. But I, I'm not—I'm not altogether certain that GPs are cut out of this either. Though I know that for GPs that are trained in this already, that are practicing or prescribing in this already, that they they still have. Um, the opportunity to do this and they certainly can apply outside of the licence. Good. Can you ever see the day when we will grow our own cannabis for medicinal use here in this country? Yes. Absolutely. I don't know when that's going to be but absolutely. I mean, it's it's not a cure, it's not an end-all and I, I, I don't mean to ever try and bring bring the possibilities down but I, I don't want it ever to seem so hyped that like this, for Gervais, it's not going to be a cure for Gervais. We've got far better opportunities and research happening for that but absolutely the the concept of even even hemp which is not medicine but you look at hemp and for for environmental issues and paper plastic all those opportunities are there and you know that they are huge opportunities to be able to explore and really develop a, a, a different industry here and how is Tristan getting on Yvonne he's great he's Getting big and climbing and running and yeah, telling us all what to do. He's great. <laughs> He's has, great. His speech has really come on, hasn't it? It has. Yeah. Um, I think definitely there's the school. He's he's got his own S and A. Um, they've been incredible and they've been fantastic support. If he had a cold and had a sensitive day, we you know we say look, we're we're not going to bring him in today. We're not going to risk it. And they'd send home or home for him. And you know they. There's no difference. All the parents, they, you know, birthday parties, they all treat him the same. He's invited to all the same birthday parties and it's it's fantastic. It's, yeah, he's getting on really, really well. We barely see doctors. We barely see hospitals and um, checkups. That's it. And, and that's all down. Amazing. That's all down to the cannabis-based product that you're giving him. It is absolutely down to, absolutely. The doctors that, that stuck their neck out to prescribe for him and 
the medical cannabis and the quality. It, it has to be consistent. It has to be GMP standard. It has to be good quality medicine. <clears throat> okay. All right. And are, yes. they, are the boys on holidays or are they still at school? They just got their holidays yesterday. Did they? Yesterday. Okay. they had their party and they were all celebrating. And yeah, they're already planning sleepovers. So great, yeah. great. And, yeah. and with yeah. the weather so nice for the start of the of the primary school holiday, uh, it's great. Actually, what is the weather like in Dunmanway today? It's actually really warm today, actually. Yeah. yeah. yeah Are you all, is it overcast? Um, you look out no, the window? No. No? no Have you no. a blue sky? We've blue sky. Oh. Down to Dunmanway, everybody. <laughs> Certainly where we are in uh, North Cork, it's still very overcast and we're hearing very windy down on the Mizzen Peninsula. So it's, it's bizarre weather reports we're getting in today. Listen, I'll let you wait to enjoy that fine weather on the first day of the boys' holidays, uh, Yvonne. As always, a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for that and thanks for joining us on the programme this morning. Good thanks morning to you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That is Yvonne Cahalan from Dunmanway, mum of little Tristan and let's not forget big brother Oscar. Uh, 1850 John Paul uh, is taking your calls. You can also text. I'm just seeing a call into John Paul from Jenny in Watergrass Hill to say a racing pigeon flew into her garden the day before yesterday. Um, he is. She says he's a good. He's a good racing pigeon. Was how she describes him. He's two rings on, and she's the numbers and all of that. Uh, but he looks absolutely exhausted. We've had this before with racing pigeons. There was a time when we would have been calling out the numbers, seeing if we could reunite the racing pigeon with their owner. And then we started getting calls in from people saying, just, you know, let it go, just, you know, let it recover and let it go off its merry way. And that usually the owners, if the racing pigeon didn't make it back home, the owners won't want it. I don't know if there's a, a pigeon fanciers. Now they're called a person who races pigeons listening can confirm that if your pigeon doesn't return in the set period of time do you not want them back after that and do we just leave this pigeon and would he cope though? I'm just wondering now (laughs) would he cope in the wild so to speak because I mean they're fed and looked after uh, every day so if anybody can offer advice to Jenny in Watergrass Hill as to what she can do with the racing pigeon landed in her garden he's exhausted she has the numbers she's taken down the numbers and all of that so I'm assuming she's looking after the racing pigeon in Watergrass Hill if anybody can help A North Cork dad is warning other parents to be extremely cautious after he discovered drug paraphernalia at a very busy fuel station in Fomoy Anthony Lillis is from Glamworth and he joins me to outline what he found Good morning, Anthony. Good morning, Patricia. How are you? I'm very well. Now, you stopped at, a, at the Fomoy garage at the weekend. Just outline what happened and what you found. Yeah, so I was just doing a bit of walking around the town there last Sunday and around yeah, somewhere between 7 and 8 p.m. I decided to take a break. I said I'd go up to the garage, get some tea, use the toilet. And yeah, I went in, went to put the seat up or down or whatever, I can't remember. But I'm doing that, then discovered a pile of paraphernalia left behind the toilet seat, you know, between the, the back of the seat and, and the cistern set. Yeah. On the floor? No, not on the floor, up oh. on the toilet bowl itself. Oh, okay. Right behind the lid set. Yeah. Um, what was there it? Was, there was there was a, a file packet. Okay. There was an elastic armband, which obviously came out with that file packet. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I noticed a blue tip needle underneath that. And there was a, a silk cut purple cigarette box left up in the unit uh, up in the top of the unit yeah, yeah the back of the system yeah. yeah yeah so obviously yeah he prepared his junk up there and, and shot up and, and just walked away and left everything there on, on the ball you know 
So, yeah, I did a Facebook post about it, just warning, just just the people on my page, um, because, you know, Smythe's a pretty laid-back town, there's none of this crack usually going on around there, so I obviously, you know, children in there with the toilet down, supervised, and it's, it's the norm in there, you know, the parents are yeah. outside, they're sitting down, they're eating their food, and, you know, kids wandering, use the toilet, and they come back out, but... Yeah, I just wanted to highlight. And um, in, 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 initially, did you think that maybe oh, it was you know somebody like a diabetic, a person? I, who... I did. I, I did a first. Yeah, I did because the the file medical grade packet threw me off. You know. Yeah. Um, but I mean, who carries a medication around in, in a cigarette packet? You know. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, to be honest, anyone who is diabetic who needs to inject with insulin you know a couple of times a day or whatever wouldn't be leaving behind would, no, would, this, would, the, they, the needles that would be, be a shameful thing to do for yeah, they, they yeah. wouldn't do it they wouldn't do it you know so you uh, you went and alerted a member of staff what happened then I did yeah keeping keeping an eye to the toilet making sure no one did in the meantime we haven't up there and, and I told the lad I said look we were in a situation in the toilet here someone's after shooting up in here and he said you're joking I said no don't hear no show you so I brought him in and showed him. He says, oh, my God. So I said, look, close that door now, man. You can't leave no one in here until this has been cleaned up, you know. Yeah. And he did straight away. He locked the door and that was it. So it was this in that poor, poor man's hands after that thing. The poor, Who probably had to do the clean up, up you know? as well, did he? Well, he probably did, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that shouldn't be part of his job description either, right? And your main fear, Anthony, would be if a child had gone in and it was founded rather than you. Curiosity might have got the Curiosity, better. Curiosity, yeah. You, should, you, know, you know, kids, that's what they'll do. They'll go in, they'll start messing with this stuff, they'll pick it up and they won't know what to touch it. Like, I've I, I a four and a half year old son and he'd be, he'd be one of the first fellas to go in and pick it up, you know? No, he will, I wouldn't be letting him in there unsupervised. But I mean, I see plenty of older kids, between, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, doing on their own. And should, most of them wouldn't have the cop on to... To not pick stuff up that they find inside. But you're you Anthony know? even supervised. If you had a four year old walk in ahead of you into the toilet and if exactly. he went, Daddy, yeah, what's that? Yeah. And and put it and picks and picks it up because wasn't there that little four year old boy who got the needle injury in Toker recently? He was a little four year old who just went right. to what's this mammy picked it up and it was a needle. And and he got yeah. and, and it he ended up at the hospital. They have they now have that wait for six months just to make sure that he hasn't picked up problem. anything. It's, it's that fear for six months, you yeah. know, no one really on good head up good health or bad health. I mean, they must be the most agonising six months going for anyone dreadful, that's been dreadful. with a needle, like, you know. But, like, we sadly associate drug addicts who inject as a problem witnessed in city areas. Not a lovely county town like Formoy. Exactly, yeah. I mean, as I say, it's quite a laid back. There's no heroin problem in the town. There's, I've never even heard of a single person in the town ever having used heroin. You know? So, obviously, this was probably someone now that came in off a bus passing through off the motorway and you know if it's not their town they don't care they, they shot up in the way out and they won't come to see the place again you know my god that's just such a worry um, re- so, what yeah, reaction did you get What you put it up on your Facebook uh, I'm well done yeah, for putting it up on Facebook, Facebook what reaction did you get oh it was viral yeah uh, it was viral I, I, I was just you know I just wanted to tip off the couple of the couple of dads and mams that are on my page that I know they're going to use the place but as I say it went viral and here we are now talking, you know. Mm. And obviously, we're not naming the garage because this could have happened in no, any garage. It could happen. Could have happened anywhere. Anytime. And it could have oh, happened so. in any town as well. Any town, as, as I said to someone yesterday, this could happen in, in the Catholic Church public toilet. Yeah. 
You okay. know, it could happen anywhere. Okay, well, well done. Well done for posting it and alerting uh, people. You just need to be so careful, even using a be simple thing. Be prepared for these things because yeah. it can happen anywhere. All right, um, Anthony, listen, thank you for that and thanks for joining us this morning. Good morning to you. Uh, bye bye. Anthony Lill is there from uh, Glamworths. And thankfully, it was somebody like Anthony who went in, realised quickly what it was, alerted the staff. They closed off the toilet, obviously cleaned up and got rid of all of the paraphernalia before reopening the toilet again. But, you know, start of the summer holidays, children out and about. Just be careful no matter where you are, you cannot let your children out of your sight, even for a minute like that, popping into a toilet at a garage when you're going on a journey. And we've all done that. We've all stopped. You just need to be so careful. Mary in Barrick Street was on to say she was horrified last night watching the Primetime Investigates programme about the greyhound industry. She said the horrific cruelty that was brought on those animals and all in the quest of money. She said it was absolutely awful. Can I put my hand up and say I couldn't watch the programme? I knew it was coming on. I deliberately didn't watch the programme. I really am not able to watch animal cruelty programmes. I just, I can't, I just can't tolerate them. I would have been having nightmares uh, last night. I read about it. I knew, I heard about some of the scenes were going to be like and it did sound absolutely horrific. I saw actually we had a press release in this morning from the Irish Greyhound Board. They've issued a a statement and they say that they condemn the practices that were outlined in the programme last night and they say it highlights the actions of a minority within the uh, industry but even if it's a minority it's it's too many. One to me is one too many. So uh, Mary's wondering what did other people watch that the Primetime investigates on animal cruelty when it comes to greyhounds. Your thoughts welcome to 1850 We're going to take a break and we've news at 11 and after news at 11 we're going to be talking about concerns about staffing at the mental health unit at Bantry Hospital. Like a Classical Country Roads The biggest stars in Irish country music perform with the 50-piece RTE Concert Orchestra. Hear all the great classic country songs performed live in one stunning concert. Live at the Marquee this Saturday. Tickets from €40 are on sale now. Maybe subject to fees. Presented by Aiken Promotions in association with the Irish Independent. For more, stay with C103. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Michael and Bear, this is just on keeping us updated on weather forecasts from around the county because we're getting such mixed phone calls and texts in this morning from some areas of West Cork saying they already had some heavy downpours and wind. There's going to be a huge amount of wind down on the Mizzen and on the Bear Peninsula. Michael from Bear said it was very windy all night. Okay. But it's eased off this morning. Now uh, just a nice breeze with the sun breaking through. Oh. What a lovely place to be. Um, it should be clear, he says, within a half an hour. But he does make the point that wind and sun, there lies serious burning. So do be careful if you're out on the Bearer Peninsula. And the wind, if you've got that nice breeze, it's always the danger, isn't it, when you're by the seashore, if you've got that lovely, lovely sea breeze. And it's very deceptive. You don't realise that you're actually getting burned. So do be careful. And just on the... the the heat, this heat that we're expecting, particularly for this afternoon, the pollen forecast. God help anyone suffering from hay fever. The pollen forecast high for today 
and the UV index uh, no need to tell you that is uh, very high for today so do be careful somebody else when I mentioned earlier about someone had said remind people don't have babies and small children in cars with closed, closed windows Noreen was on to say be careful with your pets as well don't leave them in cars uh, in hot weather even for a very short period of uh, time they can dehydrate so do be careful with that please Noreen in Botovant was on to say that the footpath from O'Brien's Terrace in Botovant back towards the railway station the hedge was cut in the area and now there are thorns and brambles left on the footpath for anybody out walking a dog you need to be careful they could get thorns in their paws and she even says with the lovely weather people are wearing sandals open toe sandals you could end up with thorns stuck in your foot so please be careful if you're walking on O'Brien's Terrace in Botovant back towards the uh, railway some of your comments coming in on the RTE Investigates programme last night that dealt with uh, cruelty within the greyhound industry Texter says, I saw the RT Investigates programme last night. It was horrendous. What really annoyed this listener was the 16 million that the government gives to the industry that should be pulled immediately. Clearly, Minister Creed and the Irish Greyhound Board have serious questions to be asked and to be answered, said this texter. And I did mention we got a statement in from the Irish Greyhound Board. They actually point out that the main focus of the programme last night referred to a report from September of 2017. And they say since then, the introduction of a traceability system is provided within the Greyhound Industry Act Sorry, the Greyhound Racing Act of 2019 it was signed into law just last month and the Irish Greyhound Board are on record as being fully supportive of the measures. They say that any person who knowingly harms a greyhound brings shame upon the industry. The Irish Greyhound Board will continue to investigate any matters brought to its attention, any situations where it is alleged a breach of the welfare of greyhounds has occurred should be brought to the attention of the Irish Greyhound Board. Thousands of greyhound own- owners across the country cheat treat their dogs impeccably before, during and after their racing life. And, you know, I accept that there are thousands of greyhound owners who love and really do look after their dogs. But you will always get people who don't look after and love their dogs. I mean, isn't it the very same as in the the puppy farms? You've got breeders who, you know, go above and beyond to breed dogs and to breed dogs uh, properly and then pass them on to very loving loving families and homes. And then in the midst of all of that, you've got people who see it as nothing but a way of making money. And we have these puppy farms and we know here in Cork, we're like the European capital of puppy farms, which is a very unfortunate title uh, to have. So while I accept the Irish Greyhound Board, the majority of people want to look after their dogs, unfortunately, as the programme showed last night, not everybody is doing that. And the sooner it ends, that type of cruelty ends, uh, the better. Let me stay on and, and actually thank you to other people who sent in WhatsApps who were were the same as me, not brave enough, unfortunately, to watch it and just and just didn't watch the programme at all. I saw uh, Tina uh, was one of the listeners, put a name to her text saying I, I couldn't watch it either, just couldn't watch it. Yeah, that's the category that I fell into. And then I get annoyed with myself that I don't watch it because it doesn't mean it doesn't happen because you don't watch it. But I'm just n- not able to, uh, unfortunately. OK, some of your other thoughts in. Oh, just we'll stay on animals for a moment. 
the listener who was looking for the orange canary, Mike in Bantry said the pet shop in North Main Street in Cork City is very good. Says Mike in Bantry that you might be able to even give them a ring rather than because I, I, I don't know where in the city or county the lady who contacted us with the two the two little girls who just to let me remind you of it she's contacted John Paul um, Elaine she's two smallies and the orange canary has gone off to uh, the happy hunting ground in the sky and uh, the two little children one thinks it's flown away but it'll come back it's just going away in these holidays it'll be back and the other thinks it's in hospital and uh, so now desperately trying to get another orange canary so if Elaine wants to give that call give the pet shop a call I suppose rather than head to the city and they don't have an orange uh, canary but they may be able to help you out with that one uh, Elaine and thank you to Mike and Bantry for passing on that uh, information just other oh somebody sent me in a very funny picture if I can um find it. Is there, uh, Catherine, thank you Catherine. Catherine says, morning Trish. Uh, just out uh, walking. A mechanic is making good use of a political poster. Love the show. Thank you Catherine. And there is a picture. It's a Fianna Fáil candidate who will remain nameless and the it's an election poster. One of the big ones that you would have seen, you know, up on the polls. Now I take it. It blew into this mechanic's garden and he is, looks like he's cutting to and bent up so it's it's giving a bit of shade to his tools and then he has a longer section of it lying down and his tools are on it and then the other one is up so you can see the name of the candidate on it but that's offering some kind of shade as well so it's, it's kind of would you, would you upcycling, recycling? Ah, well done. 1850-333-103. On the Mail Centre, Heidi says, Oh, Patricia, why are we allowing this closure of the Cork Mail Centre again for it to happen here in Cork? Why is it always that Cork seems to get the kicking? I say again, Dublin is not the be-all and end-all of this country. It is outrageous. And some texts in saying Port Leash, when I was saying why it wasn't Port Leash or why wasn't it Athlone that closed? Uh, and I know people in those areas would be saying, shut your mouth, we want to keep our mail centres open, but we have to fight for Cork. Eddie in Ovens says, he has an explanation for Port Leash anyway. He said, Port Leash is the hub for post and parcels coming in from the United Kingdom and Europe, and they're brought in by truck. So Port Leash was never on on the chopping block for, for closing. OK, if they can justify it saying that's why they need to keep Port Leash open. Well, what about that loan? I just want to know why was Cork? You know, they've come out with the, with the sentence and the statement that Cork, the Cork plant was operating at below 25% capacity. I, I want to know what's the capacity of Athlone. Because if Athlone is also operating below capacity, obviously it'll take the Cork mail and now suddenly it will be operating to full capacity. Well, why couldn't have that have happened in reverse? I just think when you're looking geographically, if we have Dublin and we have Port Leash and then Athlone and then down here in the south, we've nothing now or when it closes. We'll have nothing down here in the south. So all of our posts then, does it all go to Athlone or will it go to Port Leash? It'll hardly go to Dublin. Mags says, so does that mean our post will have to go up the road to be sorted to come back down again? That's exactly what we're talking about. Mags is going to happen. It makes absolutely no sense um, at all. Okay, on we're going to be talking about Bantry and the mental health facility at Bantry Hospital. This is a lovely text in and the workers, they'll be glad to hear this. Hi Patricia, my brother 
is undergoing treatment at the hospital in Bantry at the moment that the, the section for mental health and recovery. The staff are absolutely excellent. They're very helpful, very obliging. There's not too many patients at the hospital at the moment, so my brother is getting plenty of attention. Just a text to say thanks for all of the great work that the nurses and the doctors are doing and continue to do. Keep up the great work. That's, that's, that's fantastic. But it looks like the staff the piece we're going to be doing in a couple of minutes it looks like the staff is under pressure because of staffing arrangements and you know there's somebody who's saying here is a facility that is just giving great level of service so therefore if, if that's the case we need to keep that level of service going and that level of treatment and the only way we can do that is to make sure that the staff are supported and that there are enough staff on and enough experienced staff on to keep them supported so that they can continue to do the work that they're doing in the case of that man's uh, life. Thank you for your WhatsApp to 86 Now on the racing pigeon remember we had a call in earlier from a listener to say a racing pigeon came into her garden and she's wondering what to do with it and I was saying that I know before when I heard of racing pigeons coming in, you know, the fact that they didn't make it home, we were always kind of told, just leave them, you know, and I don't know whether you leave them. Do they fend for themselves? Do you have to look after them? So we're kind of looking for that sort of advice. Um, Danny says, hi Patricia, on your racing pigeon, the ladies should contact Animal Magic in Kilmallock. Dennis McCarthy, who runs it with Rosie, are wonderful people and they will advise her on what to do. Even if they were unable to take the pigeon in, they certainly will give her all of the advice that she needs. We had a racing pigeon come to visit this we, this actual weekend two years ago, but he kept coming back. So we named him Boomerang. He was a Northern Ireland bird, but nobody in the racing pigeon community wanted to know anything about him or indeed to help us in any way. Dennis and Rosie were an absolute great help because it turned out we were overfeeding the bird. And all the one we didn't want to leave uh, regards that's from so don't overfeed the pigeon is the message um, and also if you were overfeeding it he probably put on a lot of weight he had to hope of making it back of flying all the way back to Northern Ireland but aren't racing pigeons the most amazing animals the way the, now we've a few get lost obviously they just obviously get, get exhausted maybe you know they get blown off windy night a stormy night or whatever and they get blown off course and then they get a bit disorientated and obviously they get hungry and you know the lady who contacted us said the birds in her garden was absolutely exhausted just probably dropped down into the garden can't go any further but the majority of racing pigeons are released many many miles away I mean I heard a piece only lately on pigeons released from Dublin um, lofts released in Wales and they made it back home in a, in a few days it's just incredible and during the First World War I know there's been a lot of commemorations on the First World War the pigeons have been remembered uh, because of the jobs they did in carrying messages you know they're, just, they're incredible the intelligence of those animals and, and the way they were able to find their way back to a pigeon loft in the middle of Dublin or the middle of Cork or wherever pigeon whoever their pigeon loss is it's incredible but anyway don't overfeed them is the message from Dan and if our listener wants to get on to Animal Magic in Kilmallock they certainly will hopefully be able to advise or let's stay on animals for a moment because yesterday we were talking about swallows people were asking had people seen swallows and by the way when we mentioned that because we had a listener saying that they, she hasn't seen many swallows this year and she was wondering why and all of that we then got 
inundated with people saying, no, loads of swallows around. They are here. They definitely have arrived. Noreen sent me in a rhyme to say there's a rhyme about swallows, Trish. In April, come they will. In May, they play all day. In June, they change their tune. In July, they learn how to fly. In August, go they must. That's from Noreen. So they have arrived. Certainly they were here in May. They were definitely around in May. I don't know if they arrived in April or not. And then... That also led a no name on this a text to say, Patricia, we usually have four pairs of house martins every year come back to nest. This year, sadly, we've only three. So we're down two birds. What's nice, though, is we bought a swallow nest four plus years ago. We had a problem with a house swallow widening the entrance on one of the swallow's mud nests and throwing out the young and stealing the nest. So... We bought a nest for the swallow four plus years ago. We bought one for the sparrow and also one for the swallows. This year, it's taken four years, this year for the first time the swallows have nested in the fake nest. Isn't that lovely? That's, that is terrific. It's meant to be very lucky if swallows come and set up home and they come back every year. Again, an incredible bird how they manage. They go way off. Uh, warmer climes wouldn't we all be doing that in the winter months and then they'll come back and they will return year after year I mean there's the, the house martins I mean I don't know what's happened to the, the pair that haven't made it back this year but the other three they've been coming every year and here are the swallows and they come back to the same nest year after year after year Which and, and as I say I was always led to believe that it is very lucky if you get swallows or any kind of birds at nesting but they can make incredible nest, incredible mess. I had friends of mine and on the eve of their house these swallows came back year after year after year at the mess on the wall and on the footpath but you know a bit of power washing and it all it all goes away. We can all try and live in harmony with each other even with the birds. 1850 333 Lines open. C103 Jobs Industrial plumbers are wanted for the Carrigaline and McCroom areas. All valid trade and manual handling certs uh, are required, please. A part-time accounts person is required. That's for the Canturk area. While an experienced machine operator is required for a large tillage farm in the South Cork area. And a minibus driver is wanted to cover a school run from now until the end of July. D1 licence driver's card and guard vetting all essential. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. Now recently we received a rather distressing email from a member of staff at the Centre for Mental Health Care and Recovery located at Bantry General Hospital. Local West Cork Dáil Deputy Michael Collins also received a similar email and he actually raised the concerns that were outlined at uh, Dáil Aaron yesterday and Deputy Michael Collins uh, joins us. Good morning to you Michael. Good morning Patricia. Michael the staff member outlined a major staffing crisis at the unit. What, what do you know of staffing at the unit? Yes, there has been uh, issues uh, ongoing in, uh, in the Bantry uh, Centre for Mental Health uh, Care and Recovery over the last, over quite a period of time. Uh, I've been made aware of this and obviously you know, things go wrong in, in, in hospitals throughout the country and you have to give people time to see can it be rectified but this seems to be getting worse and worse unfortunately. I suppose to compound matters, there was a, a report out uh, last week from the Mental Health Commission uh, findings and in relation to Bantry uh, Centre for Mental Health, there was a drop of 10% from 2017 to 2018. And if you look at the areas where the issues um, uh, arise after this report, it's simply down to the staffing. 
and I simply down to the lack of of of, of um, proper staffing in the in the Bantry uh, Centre for Mental Health, and you know it it. it actually fits into what has been I've been made aware of for quite some time where staff will say working at the community end, uh, their staff will say they're ensuring people stay out of hospital with a multiple support uh, uh, support system. They are now moved in uh, to the wards so you see that has a knock-on effect if, if you're st- starting to shift staff around that are working in the community end, that are there for the, I suppose, the greater good of the public and trying to keep them from maybe having to uh, spend some time in the Bantry Mental Health Unit, they're now gone, and that means there's, there's, there's appointments being cancelled, and it leads to further stress in the general public out there. To be honest with you, there's a, there's a, a lot of issues that need uh, to be addressed inside and in, 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 in Bantry. Morale uh, with staff is at an all-time low, which is leading to further issues, and they're they're working. These staff are working under great stress, and it is a very very stressful job. And so I'm assuming because yeah, and the. The email that we got, you know, spoke exactly what you're talking about, about morale on the ward. Never been worse, um, according to the staff member who contacted us. And it it got me thinking that if morale is that low and, you know, the staff member spoke about some members of staff going out on sick leave due to stress, which seems really ironic when you're working in a centre uh, for mental health care and recovery. Staff retention must be an issue. It is. Huge issue, and it's obviously an issue that hasn't been tackled here. And so, like management, have to look at this going forward. It's a very, very serious issue. And what has been happening is agency staff are being parachuted in different days. They're being held in local hotels at a massive cost. I'd love to know what is that costing the state? What is that costing the agency? It doesn't seem to be an issue. And you know, when you look at the issues that that, that the, the mental health commission findings showed last week, it shows you that there is obviously a lack of consistency. Basically, there's a lack of. Uh, continuous staff there, par- uh, staff being brought in by agency staff means there's a lot of issues that are not being addressed in the hospital. Mind you, some of these agency staff are gone the next day, so it's not an issue there. And you looked in back at the history uh, of the Bantry Centre uh, for Mental Health. They had uh, a very good management system in Bantry Hospital. It's no longer in Bantry, uh, unfortunately. So management has been taken from Bantry. And these people that were in Bantry before, they came in from the outside and they came to live. They built and they've lived and retired here. They loved it. And they had a very good atmosphere in the in, 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 uh, unit in Bantry. That is That atmosphere obviously is not there any longer. And the, the, what we're looking at here is leading more employees are going to walk out and walk away from the, the job that they love and they find very difficult to carry out. They still love their job and they're very stressed. Well, I, I mean, the, the, you know, the, the, the very fact that we were contacted by a staff member and you've been contacted by staff members shows the loyalty and that these people love their job and they don't want the situation to carry on because they wouldn't be contacting, they wouldn't be reaching out looking for help unless they really love doing what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, I've spoken to others inside and they're extremely stressed and, and many of them are breaking point and feel that if something stressful. urgently isn't done here it's, it's, it's going to lead to further loss of the staff here. By and, the way, just I'm conscious of people outside the area uh, descri- describe the centre. It, it's an 18 bed acute unit and it provides mental health care for the West Cork catchment area, isn't it? It's the wider it area. Is. 
it is the, the West Cork catchment area and 18 beds at times that can be challenging enough to think that there's a lot more people in need of care that can't get care in the 18 bed unit and that's where we come back to the community end of it and when the community nurses are there to try and help people that are unable to find a bed in, in, in Bantry they're at least helping them and working with them through their mental illness because you know if you look at what it's called the Bantry Centre for Mental Health Care and Recovery and in mm. most cases there is a recovery and a 100% recovery in a lot of cases. But this is, uh, you know, this is uh, being be very put in a very difficult position with the situation that's ongoing there at the present time. And what I'm calling on the junior minister, I'm calling on the HSC to step in here now and try and resolve this issue for the greater good of Bantry. And these, these people that are working, and as I said, they're giving 100% uh, of their effort in, in, in difficult circumstances, but if the atmosphere is good and it was very good there before, it was excellent there before, because I know that. And if that if that is is is, is comes back again into Bantry, we have a situation where nurses will want to stay, number one, and will want to come here um, when 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 positions are being advertised. And that is the situation that isn't happening at the moment. All right, and it it saddens me to hear that any community staff will be pulled out of the community and put on a ward because there's an assault to care all about care in the community. It's all about being looked after in where you live and that is the that is the, the beautiful idea there unfortunately Patricia we see that with home health they're, t- they're telling us all that everybody should stay at home be cared at home and then they're not providing any support to them so in the situation here uh, with, 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 with community staff that need to be uh, dealing with the public and there's a lot of issues out there at, at any time but at the present time where people do need these supports from the community nurses that are there to provide the, the excellent support staff and they're no longer there are there moved somewhere else? And if that's the case, then these appointments are being cancelled. People are coming to me that have either young people or elderly people that would like to use those services and want and desperately need those services and are unable to, to do so because they, they, they can't, their appointments are being cancelled. And then a listener contacted us to say her brother is actually currently undergoing treatment in the uh, health and recovery uh, unit. You know, talking about how excellent the staff are and so helpful, so obliging and how well her brother is getting on. But she makes the point that uh, at the moment there are not many patients in the unit. So her brother is getting plenty of uh, attention. And that surprises me at a health and recovery that there's that there's capacity, that there's beds. Because usually there's, they're screaming out for, for, for beds. I genuinely would think that a lot of uh, patients are being, um, we'll say, encouraged to stay at home. I don't think that is always the right decision. Uh, obviously, I'm not a medical professional to to give, a, I suppose, a complete analysis on that, but I would say that a lot of people are being encouraged, which is not always the right decision. I think people do, from time to time, uh, end up, like any one of us, end up inside the hospital. Uh, they, and, and, and the mental health hospital is no different to any other health issue, and they do need help at times. And I think more and more the encouragement to keep them at home, keep them at home, that's fine if the services are there in the community, but yeah. they're no longer there in many cases in the community. And it's left to the families to try, and uh, that are not professional in this field, to try and see can they bring these people around. And unfortunately, you know, it's fine to say beds are empty, but I can certainly tell you there's a lot of people who would like to be, uh, like to help and, and, and the services of them. Well, uh, well, here's... here's unable to get it. Here's one of the families affected. Uh, Texas says, Patricia, my mum is under the care of the Bantry Mental Health Unit. Another issue caused by the staff uh, shortage is the availability of the visiting nurse. My mum's nurse should be able to call to see her and check up on her every single week. 
but she can't come. Why? Because she's constantly being called in to work on the ward in Bantry Mental Health Unit. This often has huge effects and can result in increased inpatient care because people are not getting the weekly checkup and care that they're entitled to outside of the unit. It needs to be addressed. If people had their visiting nurse every week, it would take pressure off the unit. Exactly what we're talking about. That's exactly what we're talking about. Um, you, you, I, I, I saw your, your clip where on the, the Dáil TV, you raised it in, in the Dáil um, but you kind of slipped the question in when you weren't meant to be asking that kind of a question but you just wanted to highlight it. I did, I raised it twice yesterday. I, I think I just wanted to get it, you know, put out there because it's no point in I sitting on this. I, I've known this for quite quite a period of time and it hasn't really uh, improved in any way in relation to the staff issues and the retention and the recruitment of staff hasn't really happened in there. And, and uh, you know, you can only sit on something so long and seek and management to resolve the issue. It hasn't happened. I raised it yesterday with the, with the Taoiseach. Um, he didn't give me a very straight-up reply. He, he was kind of saying that it's a question that needs to be, uh, I suppose, channeled through a different uh, session in the dog. But the bottom line is it's in the programme. It's quite simple. It's in the programme for government. Uh, that mental health, we'll say, in, in page 69 of that programme, the government states that they are committed to conducting an evidence-based review of the current status of implementation of international best care in the area of mental health. And a mechanism to attract and retain staff was one of the areas that the review was to advise on. That's in 2016. In 2019, that's the reason I raised it yesterday, because I, I have the situation in Bantry is proof that that hasn't happened, and it has led to serious, a serious issue within the unit and also in the community delivery outside the unit. And this is mental health. It's an area that the government are screaming and, and, and roaring about long enough, and they're long enough there to put this right. And if they can't rectify it inside, in the, inside the unit in Bantry, it spells uh, major difficulties down, down the road for people on the outside that are looking for the services as well. OK, and before we let you go, your thoughts on the, the news that came last night and breaking this morning, the Cork Mail Centre in Little Island uh, to close. A lot of our listeners are saying, why Cork, why not Port Leash, why not Athlone? Yeah, I see that in Dublin as well. I think it's the other one that's yeah. survived. Well, I mean, they um, were never going to close the Dublin one. No, no, no. Well, that's fair enough. But I, I can't understand what the mindset is. Of course, it's, 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 it's. it's I'm always saying is it's Cork, um, and unfortunately, it, it, it could lead to a lot of issues uh, going down the road. It's an issue I can see being raised all today, but it's certainly something that I don't agree with. Uh, and I'd like to know what is the mindset behind that. And in fairness, I will say one thing: when we had Minister Nocton there before, we could get answers. It's Minister Bruton who nobody gets answers. Um, and and you know we need answers here today, and hopefully we'll get that. Okay, I, because what will happen is if I want to send you a birthday card for your birthday down in uh, down the Bear Peninsula, I'll send it from North Cork. It'll go up to Athlone or Port Leash and then come back down to go back to you down in West Cork. Crazy. 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 All right, listen, Michael, appreciate that. Thank you for that and no uh, thanks Thank for you. your thoughts and comments. That is uh, West Cork Doll Deputy, Independent Doll Deputy, Michael Collins. And don't forget to keep your calls uh, coming and your texts coming for... Uh, Jane Pickett, our resident vet, will be joining us uh, after half past 12 today. If you've got a pet question, uh, get it in. And it is a free ticket Thursday. We have tickets to get you to see Christy Moore live at the Marquee on Saturday, July 6th. We'll be giving those uh, tickets away after 12. So stay tuned and we'll, uh, you're listening out for the Q to text our Q to WhatsApp when you hear it. You'll have 10 minutes to get your details uh, into us. Let's go to Fomoy Garda Station, though, where I'm joined for this week's uh, Garda file by Sergeant John Kelly, good morning to you, John. Good morning, Patricia. Uh, and you're, you're welcome. Thank you very much. Um, uh, we start with the burglary in Castle Lines. 
Yeah, and it's, uh, again, just to give out, I suppose, details of it, um, while I'm asking for information, I'm also uh, just alerting other business owners to this particular problem at the moment. Um, There has been a spike in this in the last few months. Um, There's a lot of work being done on it by by the guards across the southern region, the southeastern region. Um, But there was an alarm activation at uh, Central Castle Lines, Guards went to scene and they confirmed the burglary had occurred. There was uh, cigarettes and some other items taken from the store, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this particular case, they had interfered with uh, uh, the phone going in, going in as well, you know. Um, and th- there was in no other areas they had sprayed it with bleach and fire extinguishers. So quite a lot of damage was done, and the, the, they tried to take the CCTV hard drive as well, you know. Um, so, so they were trying not to be caught. Exactly, trying yeah. not to be caught, you know. But it, 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 this is very similar to a couple of incidents that have happened. It occurred at twelve thirty on the on the twentieth. So that was on the Thursday uh, on the Thursday night. Twelve thirty in the morning. Yeah, 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 early, 12, on the, yeah. early on the morning of yeah. Thursday the twentieth. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, as I say, it's very similar to a couple of other incidents that have happened around the country, and just for business owners to take time just to check out, look at their look at their cigarette storage, look at their cash storage, um, look at their CCTV, um, look at their alarm, just to make sure that everything is functioning you know good mm. and um, as I said uh, as well just to make sure that radio backups are functioning good or, or indeed GSM backups Yeah, um, if, if God forbid you are broken into at least have the evidence there to try exactly. to Exactly, just to, do to an overall security review very okay. very important you know? All right. and, so, and, and, and with this wonderful warm weather at the moment the one thing I've noticed is doors and windows have been left o- open people need to be careful when they're heading out Doors and windows are being left open and, yeah. and as well as that uh, people are leaving quads uh, they're leaving a very expensive ride on lawnmowers just kind of overnight in some cases out, you know. And uh, there's something can be loaded up quite easy and it brings us on there to Monday, uh, the, the, the 24th just gone, where there was a quad st- stolen, Jailhouse Lane in Charleville, uh, a Pro Max quad XT250. It's red and yellow in colour, you know, new newish machine. Um, again, just... Obviously, the Gardaí and Charleville are appealing for information in relation to, uh, you know, where that went to and if and when it's offered for sale, as it will be, you know. But again, just for people to be worried that those are items that can be stolen very rapidly and sold on very rapidly as well, you know. Because thieves don't take holidays and a lot of them are opportunistic. Opportunistic. They'll they'll spot something and the the item is gone. Yeah, opportunistic 247365, you know. Yeah, yeah. Another one there I have, and that was on Thursday last as well, um, nine o'clock at night, um, it could have occurred between nine o'clock uh, towards the night and five o'clock the next day. Uh, a burglary of a shed at the back of a structure at Kilmagnor in Formoy. Um So there was a, some tools stolen in that. Again, the Gardaí here in Formoy, 02582100, would appreciate any information in relation to that. Um, I suppose it's gone to the stage now that it would be unusual if I didn't have something about a scam. Yeah. Um, in this case, um, this scam worked slightly different. Um, a foreign gentleman, uh, he reported uh, to us last Saturday. Um, <clears throat> now, he's living over in the Butterfin direction. His friend had lodged uh, an amount of money, a uh, three-figure amount of money, into his uh, PayPal account. <clears throat> um, now, PayPal looked for the receiver's verification, 
mm-hmm. which would be sent on. And when some of these didn't send the mail, uh, the, the man in this question, he Googled PayPal. And the first number that came up, he rang. He provided his, his uh, bank account details to the person at the end of the call, thinking he'd got through to PayPal. And the amount concerned in was taken from his bank account, you know? It was... So when he Googled PayPal, a fake number came up? Yeah, well, obviously, whatever name came up to the top of the list. Yeah. You know? Uh, and, and indeed, I know it was happening there for companies that... Uh, ob- it looks like the company and it's mm, not. Yeah. It's not, exactly, yeah. Exactly, you know? Wow, you just have to be so careful, so you don't you? To, you have to be so, so careful with stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Um, so in this case, uh, the, the money left his account and that's it, you know? And mm. uh, and the problem is, he has no comeback in that he provided a bank account, the de- details, yeah. and the verification was on the other end of the line. So I mean, you know, uh, he, he that was the way it, that was the that was the way it was. And they know? keep changing, don't they? All the different like we'll alert people to a, a type of a scam or a telephone scam, and then the next week something else comes in and it's different again. And uh, exactly. they they really are clever. Very, very clever. And the amounts, the amounts are getting bigger the whole time, you know. Yeah. And uh, just for people, and as I think I already mentioned there two weeks ago, it seems now that you have a targeted scam and you have the opportunist scam. Okay. The fellow that will ring and say, look, I'm from Microsoft, there's a problem with your computer. In some cases, the people they rang didn't even have a computer. I know, I know. You know? I know. But I mean, then you have the targeted one, whereby the person rings, but they seem to have an, an a little amount of information on you already, that you've dealt with a particular company or that you ha- have received an invoice for something, you know? So th- just for people, they have to exercise caution, you know, and don't, they still have to have that person-to-person contact to confirm, you know, if indeed something has been sent to them, you know? Okay, all right, and enjoy the fine weather, but just be careful. Be, just be careful. Be careful. And, and, and I mean, you'll have people now out for walks and, you know, nice summer's evenings. Nothing, hand, nothing handbag, of value in the car. Handbags left in car, iPhones left in car, different stuff left left in car, you know. So no, no doubt that we are probably going to see, you know, a tip from cars as the weather gets better, you know, increase as well, you know. And just because you go to the seaside, just you need to be careful, you know, just... Uh, Exercise that bit of uh, precaution, you know, avoid complacency in general. Okay, all right, uh, we leave it there. Listen, John, thank you for that. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you. And uh, thanks uh, for joining us. That is uh, Sergeant John Kelly uh, from from Moygar, the station for this week's uh, Gar the File. Nothing of value, please, uh, inside in the car. And if you are heading, and I mean, it's you know, it's warm weather is great. And all of the children of the primaries, most of the primary schools are, if they're not finished, they're certainly finishing up today and uh, tomorrow. So the kids are out and about, and there'll be lots of families having you know nice days out and whatever. My other piece of advice is please bring your rubbish home with you. I don't want to and inevitably we'll end up doing interviews over the summer, particularly on Mondays if there's been a busy weekend and a fine weekend and we're looking forward to a really nice weekend uh, this weekend. Uh, but why? I, I can never understand that people will take the time to pack up the car, have all the kids in, pack a picnic, bring all the bits and bobs that you need. You have to physically bring it in some kind of a container. Why they can't bring everything back home with them all of the if it's packaging that you've brought your salads in or whatever it is or the tinfoil that you wrapped up your your soggy tomato sandwiches in and nothing tasted nicer at the beach than a salad sandwich and if it was in tinfoil just pop it back in to the bag that you you know the the picnic box whatever it is that you brought the items down with it just it baffles me 
how people can go have their lovely picnic and then walk away and you know leave everything behind them and they can see they're leaving everything behind them and if the bins are overflowing at the beach which inevitably they will be overflowing when it gets busy bring all the rubbish home with you and put it into the bin when you get home uh, yourself. Please just try and remember that uh, for this year and get the kids involved in picking up plastic when they're down at the beach. What's that one? If we all pick up three items of plastic each, we all can do, everyone can do uh, their little bit. I mentioned Cork Airport earlier in house after picking up an award, the best airport in Europe. It's terrific. Hi, I must add my comments and congratulations to the lovely Cork Airport. I've travelled many times to many different countries, Spain, France, the United Kingdom, Kingdom, USA, um, a lot of other airports in Cork is the very best. It's a great airport. It should, like I mentioned earlier, it should have more flights than to other destinations. Dublin Airport is off. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Uh, well done, Cork, on being best in the EU. Keep it up. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. We're talking about the wonderful artist that is Christy Moore. What a great gig that is going to be. Thank you to Michael in Castletown Bear who sent me in a WhatsApp. And this is news, I think, while it happened yesterday, it's just starting to filter out. Uh, Michael says, we're saddened to hear of the passing of Seamus McMahon of Tom and the Mainliners, big Tom and the Mainliners. Uh, Seamus McMahon was one of the country's best ever guitar players and he inspired so many young guitar players over the years. It's only a short while, uh, Michael says, since I heard him at the Hazel Tree in Mallow, a real musician. He was brilliant. My thoughts and prayers are with his family and all of the lads in the Mainliners, especially his brother Henry. May he rest in uh, peace. And that's the very talented musician. Seamus McMahon from Big Tom and the Mainlanders. Actually, I was reading that he, in the Irish Sun online, that he passed away yesterday, surrounded. It was after a brief illness, was what the family described it, but he was surrounded by family. 
and he was at Louth County Hospital in uh, Dundalk yesterday and his funeral mass is going to take place at St Mary's Church Castleblaney in Monaghan on this coming uh, Saturday and there's been huge outpouring of grief online and people taking to social media. I mean uh, talking about, you know, the big Tom Productions wrote on Facebook, we're deeply saddened to hear the passing of Seamus McMahon, one of the original members of the Mainliners. Uh, Seamus was a very talented musician and a real gentleman, well known to all in the industry. He'll be sadly missed by all uh, who knew him and a great loss to the world of country music uh, in uh, Ireland. So may he rest in peace. That is Seamus McMahon who passed away yesterday. 1850 Some of your texts and calls coming into the programme. We were talking about the mental health uh, and recovery unit that's based at Bantry Hospital and problems they seem to have with staffing. Uh, Micah says, uh, Patricia, there are grow meetings in Drumlee at 8 o'clock every Monday night for anybody battling and suffering with mental health and uh, Drumlee is just behind Bantry Hospital. Thank you for that, uh, Michael. Always glad to mention Grow Meetings because they do uh, amazing work. Lots of people still commenting on the Greyhound programme that was on TV last night, the RTE Investigates. Tim says, I hope the racing pigeons that you got calls in about this morning are not treated like Irish greyhounds. Some ended up in meat markets in China or boiled alive in Pakistan. And yet our government pours millions into the Irish Greyhound Board, which, according to Tim, is a dying sport. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know enough about Greyhound race meetings to know if it's a dying sport or if they still have a, a huge amount of people going along uh, to it. And an email in saying, Patricia, I watched the programme last night. It took me until 2am to get to bed. It was so harrowing. I knew it would be because I've stood outside Corraheen Park protesting against this cruel so-called sport. I owed it to this, to these beautiful animals to watch what the Irish Greyhound board and the owners and trainers are capable of. Drugging, killing, exporting, exploiting are the words we hear today. We have been abused cursed at when we stand up for the greyhounds. The mantra, we love our dogs as much as our children and they're treated better, is now wearing a bit thin, particularly after last night's programme. If you had watched it, Patricia, you would have seen how greyhounds were transported to to sales in England. They arrive in terrible conditions. Then rescued greyhounds were transported to new lives in Italy. While the rescued greyhounds are placed in air-conditioned transporters with people from the rescues accompanying them. Yeah, how, how different that is. Uh, the rescue, where when you get people involved with rescuing animals, they're the most um, beautiful, kind-hearted souls. And they, yeah, they are the ones who certainly will treat animals, I won't say better than their children, but as, as, as good as they would treat their own uh, children. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, and I know when you say if you'd watched it, Patricia, you're probably having a dig at me for not watching it. And, and you're right, I should have been able to watch it. I just can't. I just, I genuinely... Fine. And I can see how you say it took me until 2am uh, to get to bed. I could imagine tossing and turning in bed and trying to sleep and all you could see in your mind. So every time you close your eyes is the scenes you witnessed on, on the TV programme last night. So you're very brave. I, I acknowledge your bravery and I know how difficult it was for you to watch it, particularly when you were an activist on behalf of Greyhounds. And anyone that has ever rehomed a Greyhound are taking a greyhound on as a pet. They seemingly make the most wonderful 
household pets and they are such loyal uh, dogs and I don't know what it is about us here in Ireland we don't maybe it's because of the greyhound industry but you don't see a lot of families with greyhounds as pets whereas just go across the water to England you'll regularly see people out walking greyhounds and they are a family pet but I don't know have they a bad rep in this country or something you just you just don't see that's not to say that people don't have and I'm sure there are some people listening to us will have greyhounds as, as pets but I know any time I've ever spoken to anyone and it would have in the past always been over in England anyone who has had a greyhound as a pet and nine out of ten times you say where'd you get your greyhound there was a rescued a rescued greyhound and they all talk about just what adorable and gentle gentle dogs uh, they are but we just we seem to have a different view of on them in this country. Bernadette in the Douglas Road said I was sick after watching the TV programme last night. I watched about two clips of it and actually physically became sick. It was a disgrace. It was when the greyhounds are finished running that they don't want them. My daughter works with the ISPCA and she is so sick of seeing greyhounds and the way they are treated. She's often taking greyhounds home to look after them. She has taken grey. She's taken some greyhounds and they've arrived in the most awful of conditions. One, for example, had acid thrown on his back. What's happening out there is an absolute disgrace. It is. And will we ever see the end of it? I don't know. I just don't know. On the racing pigeons, you know, we were trying to get advice for the lady who could the racing pigeons come into her garden. My son found a racing pigeon that was injured. He looked after the bird. Then I got onto a friend of mine who knew about birds. But we didn't know where where to send the bird or what to do with the bird in the end it was the ISPCA came a man with a van in the area and he took the pigeon away so that might be an option for that lady uh, as well if she wants to try to contact the ISPCA on the mail centre that we've been talking about and the closure of the mail centre in Cork and how disappointed people are about that there was a really good... Oh, this is yeah, a theory. This is just a theory, but it's, it's, it's a good theory. From a listener who says, Patricia, on the, the mail centre, poss- when we're trying to toy around with the ideas of why Cork was selected, we know that they weren't going to pick Dublin because that's obviously a very busy mail centre in Dublin because of the, the population base. But we have Port Leash and we've got loan. And somebody's explained to us that uh, Port Leash is the main centre for all the parcels coming in from England. And we know because Unpost admitted it themselves that their parcel volumes has grown by 60% since Unpost actively re-entered the parcels market in 2017. They say that the mail volumes, and that will be your letters, they're down 70%, but the parcels are up 60%. And somebody explained to us, somebody in the know, that Port Leash is the depot where all the parcels come in from the United Kingdom and from Europe. So obviously that was never going to be considered for closure. So that then put it down to between Athlone and Cork. So here's somebody with a theory as to why it might have been Cork over Athlone. Uh, Possible reason to keep Athlone open. Could it be the State Exams Commission, which is based in Athlone, and the large volume of exam scripts that would pass through there every year for the Leaving Cert and the Junior Cert, not just at this time of year. Marking happens at other times of the year too. But, says this texter, with online marking coming in wholesale from 2022, if that's the reason for keeping that loan open, 
It's a fairly short-sighted. So, yeah, but it could be. I don't know. I mean, that's the... I haven't... Now, I'll, I'll, try, I'll try and do some more research this afternoon and, and we're hoping to come back to this topic again tomorrow. I'll try and find out, did they put reasons forward? You know, did they list all of the four centres and say, this is the reason that Cork lost out because of A, B, C and D. You know, did they actually list them all down? I mean, I know, you know, they're talking about that there's an annual saving of 11 million euro, but surely that annual saving would have made it if they had closed any of the other mail centres. People, I think, in, in Cork are just annoyed as to why it's our mail centre that uh, is is going. 1850 John Paul taking your calls. Text WhatsApp 0862 103 103 with a reminder to you please we are looking for your pet questions please because Jane Pickett our resident vet will be uh, joining us after half past 12 today. The C103 Cork Diary with Cork County Council supporting businesses supporting communities serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie the Commodore Male Voice Choir. They're hosting their annual concert at the Commodore Hotel in Cove. And it's on tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. Tickets are €10 Euro from the hotel or indeed from any choir member. A share of the money will go towards the Cathedral Organ Upkeep. Dancing to Michael Collins and Dermot Lyons will be held at Cades County in Glenville tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. Tickets are €15. Euro. Now, it does include finger food and money raised will be going to the community ambulance. You're asked to please support the Bandon, the Bandon Country Markets Gardeners Question Time. Bit of a mouthful. That's on Saturday, 7 o'clock in the Allen Institute. There'll be a great panel including famous local organic gardeners, herbalists... Irish cut flower specialists as well as country market gardeners. A family fun day will be held at the co-action grounds in Bantry. That's happening next uh, Sunday between 1 and 5. There'll be an animal corner, music, vintage cars plus lots more. Entry is free and proceeds going to co-action Bantry and the Bantry Bay Lions Club. And CIT's free enterprise camp runs from August 12th to the 16th and it's open to students aged between 14 and 16 who are enthusiastic, motivated and want to learn more about entrepreneurship. Application forms and further details are available at www.cit.ie forward slash enterprise camp. Applications close on the 1st of July uh, which is next Tuesday. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. And it is a free ticket Thursday. You can stop texting and WhatsApping us because we have selected our caller who's Ellie O'Driscoll in a skull. Good afternoon to you, Ellie. Hi, Patricia. How are you doing? I'm very well. What's it like in skull today? It's windy, is very, it's... very windy. Yes. Well, the amount of calls we've had in saying uh, out on the Mizzen Peninsula and the Bear Peninsula, it was windy overnight as well, was it? It's very windy overnight. It's just blown around like a storm, like a, some kind of a summer storm or something. I don't know. Goodness very me. Windy, and is warm, warm, warm yes. And is the sun shining? Is, is, the, is the clear blue skies? It is now. Now, it is okay. Now, but it wasn't first thing in the morning. Okay, and it's meant to get better as we head into the afternoon, but just mind yourself with that wind, you could get a bad burn oh, out of that. I know, now, I know. are you a Christy Moore fan? I am. Oh, I yeah, am he's a big great. Christy Moore fan. Have, have you been to see him before? I have. I've seen him in venues in Bantry, in the Maritime and in the West Lodge. Okay. You've got a very quick question to answer. 
Okay. And it is, where is Christy Moore from? Is he from Cork or is he from Kildare? From Kildare. Yeah, he's got a great, strong Kildare accent. Mm. Well, well done. You are heading off. Who will you bring with you next Saturday week? Oh, there's various people I could bring now. There'll be a queue. Oh, well, <laughs> we will let you decide on that. OK, uh, well, enjoy the gig. We'll be in contact with you about your tickets, uh, Ellie, and enjoy the sunshine in Skull. Excellent. Thank you, Patricia. Well, take care. Bye-bye, okay. Elio Driscoll. Uh, you too. Elio Driscoll in Skull. As I love that. And I think for most of our free ticket Thursdays, we've had genuine fans. And it's always great to get somebody who really wants to go along because I've said it before, it sickens me when we give tickets away and then we'll hear from the person saying, oh, that and the tickets for I didn't really want them. Are the worst one of all. And it drives our Carmel out in reception. Cuckoo is when she'll get a phone call in from somebody to say, I want tickets to so-and-so. Will you sell them online? Will you sell them on the radio? And by the way, we don't and we won't. And it's very, very annoying uh, to see and to hear that. OK, Donald was on. This is one. I don't know if what, what the solution for Donald uh, is, but we're all on about tourists and bringing tourists into the area and trying to get tourists to come to the area and we know how important it is to have tourists in the area and tourists that spend money etc 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 Well Donal works for a bus company and his bus company is based around Munster so they travel all around the Munster uh, area and he brings a full bus which is 53 people when the bus is full and he'll bring them around and he says when he comes into Cork City He's having a bit of a problem. Now, he said the type of bus tours that he does, they'll come into Cork City, they'll park up, if you can get the parking. That's, this is where his problem lies. And Donald says they'll go off shopping, they'll go to restaurants, they'll walk around. You know, it's good. They're bringing money into the city. But he says the problem he's now having is, is trying to stop the bus to allow the passengers to get off in order to do their bits and bobs around the city. He said they're being accused of blocking up the place. And, and he said we are, because he, and he said we know we are. He said this sweat is pumping off the drivers, trying not to cause traffic problems and trying to get the passengers on and off the bus as quickly as they can. But he said the problem is there are not spaces for bus companies to park the buses safely to allow the passengers get on and off. He said the one place they had was on Patrick's Quay. But he said Dublin Bus and Air Coach now have those areas reserved. And then he said if you look to other parts of Munster, he cited Killarney and he cited Kinsale. Excellent. They actually have coach spaces. He says from a tourism point of view, Cork City needs to do something. They need to set up a designated drop-off and collection point for coaches and they need to do it if they're very serious about bringing, if you know, if, they, if they're serious about wanting tourists to come to the area. He's actually reconsidering Cork City from now on in that reconsidering saying when he's offering his coach trips saying we're not going to bring people to Cork anymore because he's having so much hassle and so much inconvenience uh, because of it and as I say I don't know if anyone has a, a possible solution for that the powers that be at uh, City Hall and I imagine City Councillors would be quite disappointed to hear that coach drivers are having that kind of uh, difficulty 1850 333 103 can you keep your 
pet questions coming in. I can see some coming in there in the middle of all of the other texts uh, that came in. So can you keep those coming in to us? Because Jane, our resident vet, will be joining us in a couple of minutes answering all of your pet questions. We're still just on the subject of pets. We're still getting in a lot of commentary in about animals and cruelty to animals, all based on the programme that was on TV last night. And there's a number of other people with me saying they couldn't watch it either. And that's not to say that, we're, you know, we're turning our back on animal cruelty and that we don't want to know about animal cruelty. We do want to know about it, but it's just very difficult to watch. I just find it really, really difficult uh, to watch. Uh, Patricia, a lot of people here in Ireland are not caring towards animals of all kinds. It isn't just greyhounds. Cats can be treated like vermin, which is so wrong as they can be as loving as uh, dogs. It is law that animals have fresh water and fresh food and a comfortable bed to lie down in somewhere dry. And as I have texted to you before, that was government should start prosecuting animal cruelty more forcibly. I did email Minister Crete about when dogs were found badly treated here, but nothing has come of it. Out of sight, out of mind. These ministers need to get off their backsides and see what's happening in the real world. And I remember actually not so long ago when we were in did an interview with the Irish Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. It was their annual report, wasn't it, that was out. It was just showing the increase in calls they they have. And in one way, I was making the point, is that not good in that people are ringing them to say cases of cruelty? I mean, it's often the cruelty is going on, but the fact that members of the public are ringing up about it, I saw in a way as a good sign, if you know what I mean. I'm not in favour of the animal cruelty, but it's to try and get it stopped the inspectors need to to know about it but I remember when we spoke about it you know we don't have enough animal inspectors for a start but the frustration on the animal inspectors part when they go to court and they have to do so much work to build up a case against somebody and then the lenient sentences that's just so frustrating when a lot of work has gone into putting the case together and it's in many cases black and white the cruelty that was involved and you'll hear somebody getting a lenient sentence not even being told that you're banned from keeping animals for life which many of them uh, should be and uh, Mary says Patricia I nearly got sick watching that programme last night particularly when the man came out to take the greyhound in to kill it his white apron was full of blood disgraceful what's going on and he was willing to kill the greyhound for between 10 and 20 euro to kill the dog Oh, okay. Uh, as I say, if you have a pet question, get your pet question uh, in. Can I move to something really lighter and nicer? And just to say, congratulations to the four entries for the IBP. Pride of Place competition. This is an association with Cooperation Ireland for 2019. It's up to Cork County Council to nominate the four entrants. It's the 17th year of the Pride of Place uh, competition, which has enjoyed tremendous success and it continues to grow in prestige and popularity year on year. Now, the aim of the competition is to acknowledge the great work being done by communities all over the island of uh, Ireland. And the award recognises the work being done to create viable, vibrant and visible communities while giving the local authority the opportunity to participate in the heart of communities and to contribute to their growth in a positive and respectful way. And the entrants and their categories have just been announced for Cork County Council and they include 
Ballinhasic Village Association. They've been entered for the Pride of Place competition for population under 300. The Seven Heads, delighted for this one, Seven Heads Peninsula Tourism and Court McSherry Development and Festival Association. They, those guys do tremendous work uh, and they've just gotten themselves into the, uh, finally, gotten included in the Wild Atlantic Way. They've been entered in the 300 to 1000 population category. Boherbui, Good news for North Cork, Boherbui, Tidy Towns Group. They're in for the Community Wellbeing Initiative. And then the Beira Tourism Development. They have been entered in under the Community Tourism Initiative, all part of the Pride of Place Awards. Now, judging is taking place over two days. Judging is on today and tomorrow in each of the locations. And we wish everyone the very best of luck with the uh, judging. Now, last year's overall Pride of Place winner was the Lusitania Museum Old Head Signal Tower Heritage Group. And they picked up the overall award for the restoration of the Signal Tower and the construction of the Lusitania Memorial Gardens, um, complete with the iconic Lusitania Contemporary uh, Sculpture. So we wish the four who have been flying the flag for Cork, Ballinhasic, the Seven Heads of Cork, Mac Group, Boherbui and uh, the Beira Tourism Development Association. We wish them all the very, very best of luck. I don't know in the details I've in as to when the announcement is made. All I know is that the judging is on today and tomorrow. This is the Court Today replay on C103. Jane Pickett from the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in the market, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group, joins me in the studio on this lovely sunny afternoons. The sun finally coming out. I'm trying to look out the window. There's a blue sky. <laughs> it's, it's very blue, sunny. <laughs> yeah, it's a blue sky because it was very cloudy when I came to work this morning. OK, um, I think good, good afternoon to you, by Hi the way, there. and you're welcome. <laughs> the warm weather and we've been talking about, you know, telling people to mind themselves uh, and there's there's a weather alert from one o'clock, kicks in from one o'clock until seven this evening. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people saying get you in to talk about protecting the pets. Uh, in the summer sun and and the warm weather. Okay, so I think first and foremost, the main, main, main danger that we see, and I've already seen one this week, is dogs being trapped in hot cars. Leaving them for five minutes, two minutes in this kind of weather is still way too much. You will be literally cooking them alive. Okay, there's no getting around that. It is like an oven and it is life threatening. There's no getting around it. It's not just a quick trip to the vet to cool them down. Most dogs that are trapped in hot cars will die. Okay, so the important thing is do not leave your dog in a car unattended in this kind of weather under any circumstance, not even for a few minutes. Okay, Okay. that would be the main thing. If by chance an accident happens and your dog is in a hot car for a period, if he seems in any way off form, bring him straight to the vet straight away. Okay, so the best the best option is prevention. The second option is quick action. Okay, now what can you do with it? Because it's dehydrate. They dehydrate, obviously. They dehydrate, but yeah. they overheat. Okay, um, and it can cause an awful lot of problems with the nerves in the body and also the blood. Okay, oh. um, so it's a lot more than just dehydration. Okay. It can be fatal and very quickly. Um, so I think that's the main time that we see heat problems is being trapped in a car. But it can happen. So we can get very similar to humans a heat stroke if they've been exposed to a lot of heat, even outside in the sun, um, not being trapped anywhere, just moseying around at home, for example, if it's incredibly hot or particularly with breeds that let's say have the flat faces. So the classic ones we think of are pugs, Frenchies, boxers, um, because sometimes their breathing may not be as efficient as a, a let's say a dog with a, a long snout, as it were. Mm. Um, so they're not particularly good in hot conditions. I would advise in hot weather to the degree that's planned for this weekend, 
I would say don't go out in the sunny period. So try and stick to the early morning, late evening with your dogs and cats and try and either give them a lot of shade or indoors and free, free access to absolutely tons of water throughout other periods in the day. Footpaths um, get very hot. Super hot. It's kind yeah. of, if you if you couldn't walk along and do a handstand and, you know, tolerate that heat on your hands, it's going to be incredibly painful for your dog. So think about how that would feel. And the easy way to do it is touch the pavement and put your hands on it for a good 10 or 30, 10 to 20 seconds and say, is this And is if this it becomes unbearable, get, yeah, yeah, get yeah. them out. They it's just not a good idea. So that's another reason, apart from the ambient heat, is we want to protect their feet. So if you can walk them early morning, late evening, when things have cooled down or are a little bit cool before the this heat of the sun has heated everything up, then that will be the best kind of conditions to take them out in. Other things you can actually think about as well is your little white dogs. Um, they have let's, it's very much like a pale person. I'm very pale myself. I burn. I'm scorched after five minutes in the heat, and it's very much the same for our let's say lighter skinned dogs and cats. Okay. Um, so keeping a little eye on, let's say, particularly the muzzle, the, just the area above the nose is one of the first places that normally gets burned in light coloured dogs and cats. But just keep a little eye on them if they're out in the sun a lot. But I wouldn't recommend that over this weekend if it's very hot. Um, keep a little eye that they're not getting any little burns. Um, sometimes if you there are kind of doggy you know dog and cat sun creams available um, that wouldn't be toxic but I think it's very difficult because some of the human ones are not tested and pets are not tested for eating and we know that dogs like to lick things that sit on their nose and, and yeah. on their body so I think avoidance of the sun would be the best thing rather than maybe using sun creams that we wouldn't know are particularly safe if okay. they were ingested let's say um, they will be the main things I think really just caution but at the same time enjoy the sun get out have some yeah, fun with your dogs yeah. and cats they love lounging around in it as well just be a little bit mindful of them I think a good rule of thumb is if if you let's say if you would let your toddler or your baby out in that kind of condition then it's safe for a dog or cat if you wouldn't then they're the same all right. Somebody wants to know, is panting, is that a sign that the dog is sweating? Uh, it's kind of a similar thing. So yeah. dogs and cats, interestingly enough, don't really sweat from their skin and their hair coat all over their body. They okay. can sweat through their paws. So sometimes, let's say, I've, if I have a particularly scared patient coming into my consult room and I have them up on my consult room table, I'll see little paw prints all over the place in sweat marks because they'll just be a little bit sweaty and nervous. Um, and it's very similar. So they sweat through their feet. So that's one way of heat loss for them to cool themselves down. Um but the main way that they will lose heat is panting. So they're panting out that hot air and breathing in the cold air. And there's lots of water vapour in it. If you ever sit in front of my own dog, Sally kind of sits next to me and pants a lot of the time on my car seat yeah. when I'm driving to and from work with her. Um, and jeepers, you know, it's, it's fairly moist, watery yeah. stuff. But the idea is the water comes out of the body, the hot, hot water, and it evaporates. So it cools the dog down. So panting is, is a sign of kind of overheating, but a lot yeah. of the time it's a safe, normal mechanism. Um, so I wouldn't be too worried if your dog is panting, panting in the seat. Yeah, but yeah. So just keep an eye otherwise. Yeah, Lorraine says uh, we have a garden pond. Well, it's a, a homemade garden pond. Uh, my Labradors like to wallow in it. Oh. Is that OK? <laughs> that is a great idea. So sometimes I know some people, including my, my lovely receptionist, Annie, they have a, a pool at home. And I, she was telling me that her greyhound, Ronan, had literally just hopped into it and stood there for a little while yesterday yeah, evening cool. in the heat. They, even, they, they, um, they know how to do it they themselves, do. So that's they? a great idea. If you do have somewhere, let's say, a cold bed of water that they could wallow in or even a little, you know, a little bit of a hose or water sprinklers in the garden, something like that, I'm sure they'd love it and it's a great way for, for it to cool down for them as well as us. Okay, Paddy in uh, Clonakilty has a dog with a weight problem, a 10-year-old Labrador uh, neutered, uh, but he's overweight. We need him to lose weight. We are taking him for walks. We've cut down on his food 
Um, but he's too large. They know he's too large. <laughs> First of all, I'd say well done. Um, it sounds like you're really trying. And, it, you know, it, it's a long old road, particularly with these dogs that are carrying a fair bit of weight. It can be a bit of a well, challenge. Well, it's kind of like ourselves. If you put on weight, it exactly. just it goes on quick. But it takes a long time to come off. Indeed, it really, really does. And I think the best thing is perseverance and try not to get frustrated. It's a long old road and you're doing well by the sounds of it. So I think my top tips would be, first of all, visit your vet. People don't think of us when they think about weight loss for their pets. And that's exactly what we're there for. Obesity affects a huge amount of our middle to older age patients and even some of our young ones. And it's one of the most common diseases in dogs and cats that we see. And it's something we're very well equipped to help you out with. There's lots of things we can do to help, whether that be finding you a specific diet, um, if it's a very, very large or serious problem and doing a very controlled weight loss in our very obese patients, or if it's just helping you out with some tips and tricks, not let's say altering their diet too much um, at home, but just some tips and tricks for the weight loss. So I would say visit your vet. They're, we're here to help. Um, and there's a lot of things we can do. And let's say it won't cost the earth. Let's put it like that. Mm. Um, there's lots of things we can help with. And I think rather than bumbling along, it's like ourselves, rather than bumbling along without a plan, you're going to have a lot more, much more success if you have a plan. But I think my basic steps would be look at your diet. Look at exactly what you're feeding your dog now. Now, it sounds like you've reduced down the food a bit. Yeah. But the best thing I can do is very much like humans, keep a food diary for a week. Every morsel that passes your Labrador's lips needs to go in that book. If it's half a slice of toast, if it's the food that he's meant to be getting in the evening, if it's a small treat or the end of a sausage, it goes in the book. Now, I think a lot of the time we can be particularly good at sticking to a strict weight loss plan for the first week or two and then little snacks try and creep in. It's like ourselves. Um, and everyone in the family has to be on board. Exactly. They do because you might find that you're trying really hard but then somebody else isn't. You know, the, the toddler and, might and be feeding I, it at breakfast. And, and it's, it's, it's funny that it's, it's a Labrador. Uh, we had a Labrador in our neighbourhood, mm. Lola, who uh, did the rounds of the neighbourhood like everybody yes. knew Lola. We were all feeding Lola and eventually one day we were all so embarrassed the owners had to come and to say yeah. look we are trying to restrict mm-hmm. we have her on a very strict diet mm-hmm. and they realised what was going on because yes. the dog was losing no weight mm-hmm. and it was the vet said go around the neighbourhood and ask and yeah. we were and I think they found eight houses we're feeding Oh her. my goodness So, so I don't know if Paddy's dog goes out but if he does you need to just yeah. check with the neighbours I, think I was only giving her a biscuit yeah. <laughs> But the biscuits add up. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a really great idea. And that's something I would suggest if you're not, let's say, in a rural area, it's less of less of a concern. But certainly if you're in an urban area, yeah. have a little thing. Does he go anywhere for a snack? There's actually very interesting little collars you can get sometimes that have, please don't feed me, I'm on a diet. <laughs> if it's becoming a massive issue, yeah. they can be sourced and they're really handy. I, I've actually, I know I have one particular cat that has a little tag on it saying, I like snacks, please don't feed me. Okay. Um, That comes in every now and again. And it, it does tend to work. Just get everybody on board yeah, that's like, it. like but yourself it does, you wouldn't realise and you will, you will get there you will get there Paddy yeah. you're, you're on the right journey good luck with it uh, hi I recently noticed my nine year old poodle had froth around her mouth should I be worried she does have a problem with drinking her water in that she can get what seems like a choking cough could they be connected her diet is good Bridget mm. and Bantry this is a curious one um, the question I suppose is was the foaming of the mouth connected to the difficulty swallowing? And I suppose if the foaming of the mouth was a very swift kind of once off, it could be a lot of things. Sometimes they foam at the mouth if they're feeling a little bit nauseous, like they want to vomit. Um, that's a really common one. But sometimes we can see foaming, let's say, associated with other phenomena like seizures. Um, so it really depends in, on the context. But what I would say is 
my bigger concern here would be maybe difficulty drinking and difficulty swallowing. Mm. Um, as it sounds like our little poodle has here now there's a lot of things that can cause that sometimes they can just be a bit messy and that's their habit yeah um, and that's one thing and if it was normal and they've always done that then that's possibly just a little bit of a messy eater eater and drinker but to be honest if we're having difficulty drinking and difficulty swallowing I mm. would wonder if there might be a problem in the throat or in the food pipe the esophagus so I think in this case, as a precautionary measure, and particularly as we have had this foaming at the mouth, I would just question whether there might be a problem with either the swallow or the food pipe or the stomach. And it would be maybe best to get it checked out. Um, a lot of the time, if we tackle these things earlier on, we can avoid a lot of problems because yeah. very much like humans, if we have a problem with the swallow, it can cause an awful lot of knock on effects. We can sometimes get, let's say, food and water into the lungs if the swallow isn't good. So I would say yeah. visit your vet. As just with get anything, ahead of the early diagnosis. OK, um, a listener in Ballydesmond, could you ask Jane the vet, please, if milk is bad for dogs? We've got dogs and they're mad for sour milk. Sour Ooh. milk. Oh, my goodness. OK. Wow. <laughs> Good or bad? Um, not necessarily bad. Probably not the best food choice okay. is what I would say. Um, they should be able to digest it to a certain degree. It's not kind of natural for them to drink it, as it were. Um, a lot of the time, to be honest, we find that it's a bit too rich. It's a bit too fatty, even the skimmed milk um, for their diet. And particularly, it's usually used as a treat rather than a core part of the diet. Um, so it's a bit of a kind of a big change for them. A lot of the time we find it causes diarrhea. And that's something okay. we obviously definitely want to avoid. To be honest, I'd say there's better things out there to give us a but treat. If, if, yeah, 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 but if it was just as a very odd mm. treat, but certainly not on a daily basis. I, I think I certainly wouldn't want to be giving it on a daily basis. But even as a treat, that's kind of a difficulty in itself because it's an unusual thing in the diet. And okay. dogs and cats are all about routine. They're not yeah. like ourselves. They don't want a, a curry one night and then pasta the next. They want stability because their their kind of stomach and intestines are kind of pre-programmed to want the same thing all of the time. They don't like when it changes too much. I would say even as a treat, it's probably not the best, best. thing to give. Yeah. I, if you're going to give a treat, sometimes blander things are better or things that take a lot of work to eat. Like um, you can get lots of kind of, let's say, not bones as such, but chewy kind of rawhide or let's say composite chews um, that are made up of quite natural ingredients as well that are safer things. And they have to work at them as well. So they last longer. So they get a lot more mental fulfillment out of it as well, as yeah. well as there's no danger of them putting on a huge amount of weight from that. Whereas if we were getting milk on a regular basis, that's very fatty. I think the main risk, my my worry with it would be that it might cause some diarrhea or even maybe a pancreatitis because of the fat in the diet can make the pancreas, which sits just next to our intestines, quite angry and that can cause a, yeah. a fair old stomach pain um, so I would advise probably not milk if they're really into it once in a blue moon but be prepared for sloppy poos yeah. afterwards and it, yeah because you don't want to be coming back onto us like poor Paddy with no. the dog who's over, overweight because that's exactly, exactly. What, what can happen okay listen uh, we uh, park it there uh, thank you for that uh, Jane enjoy the sunshine even though as you say you're fair skinned so keep in the shade yes <laughs> <laughs> thanks for joining us that is uh, Jane Pick- Pickett from the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group and that's where I leave you uh, for today my thanks to John Paul for producing now I know he told me this earlier Mark is on for Nick at one o'clock so Mark is up next and then John Green is in for Martina at uh, four and we will be back with you tomorrow morning at uh, ten o'clock until then I'm Patricia Messenger a very good afternoon enjoy the sunshine but look after yourself Hold up 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 